0: Kenna and I get Woody Woodpecker haircuts this week on
1: Rebooted, Rebooted! the the podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to.
0: This week we're talking about the 1987 Cohen, I almost said Joel Cohen classic. It's both of the Cohen brother classics, Raising Arizona, starring Nicolas Cage, Holly Hunter, John Goodman, William Forsythe, Sam McMurray, Francis McDermott, Trey Wilson, and Randall Tex Cobb. That's right, guys. It's another split episode of a pile of great character actors that are doing crazy stuff for two and a half hours. Not two and a half hours, <laughs> about two hours. right?
1: This is actually shorter. <laughs> um, I'd be shocked if this movie was two and a half hours because it's worth every minute. What's that smell?
2: We don't always smell this way, Miss McDonough. I was just explaining to your better half here that when we were tunneling out, we happened to hit the main sewer line, dumb luck that, and we followed that you to- You mean
3: you busted out of jail?
2: No, ma'am. Uh, we released cliches on our own recognizance. What Evil here is trying to say is that we felt the institution no longer had anything to offer us. My lord, he's cute. <laughs> he's a little outlaw. You can see that, High.
3: Now, listen, you folks can't stay here. Ma'am? You just can't stay. Now, I appreciate you being friends, of High and all, but this is a decent family now. I mean, we got a toddler here.
2: Say, who wears the pants around here, H.I.?
0: The second week in in the last like three weeks, we had a William Forsythe movie?
1: Yeah. Very strange. I mean, you couldn't tell it was him and Dick Tracy.
0: Oh, because his face was completely smushed with a flat top?
1: Because of the makeup. Of course. Because of the choices.
0: Speaking of choices, Raising Arizona is a movie chock full of choices. A movie that we uh has uh, we've had on our list for a really long time. you in particular have been championing championing a raising Arizona episode, and as we crawl towards episode one hundred, we decided that we should bring out some heavy hitting movies um mm-hmm. along the way and so uh what did you think watch watching it Have you seen it before? I'm assuming you've seen this movie thousands of times
1: yeah, I love. I love Raising Arizona. I feel like it's one of those movies where it's oddly not seen enough, but if you have seen it, there are so many moments that are iconic. I don't know. I I, I feel like you can't not love this movie unless you just don't get it because it is wild and I understand that. And you might, some of you may be like, what are they talking about? Listen, if you can't handle a leather-clad bounty hunter with burnt baby shoes on his jacket, rolling through the Arizona desert on the hunt for a child, I mean, I guess I get it, but also, you're wrong. Yeah, I'm really
0: glad we did this movie. If you haven't seen this movie, this is one that you really want to stop. Hit pause. Go watch the movie. Come back. We're going to take- We're going to take you through this crazy, cartoonish, Nicolas Cage, Holly Hunter, wonderful, almost fairy tale like movie. Uh, But before that, let's introduce ourselves. It's 2020. Maybe we have some new friends along the way, new people that have found out about us in the indoor times, as I like to say. I am Brian Flynn, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the Kenna Trent. Kenna, how are you?
1: I think I'm literally the only one. Like, have you ever done that thing where you like look yourself up on Facebook to see if somebody else out there has your name?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That's
1: I'm why. the only one. Well, that's great.
0: I'm one of <laughs> three billion Brian Flynns, which is why I have to like redo my whole uh, what, my pen name.
1: Which is why you should have sold your Instagram handle
0: to get that cash
1: to that f- mildly famous person. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess so. I- I'm not struggling that bad. You know, I-, I I am one of the lucky ones who still has uh, employment. So uh, not yet. When it gets really bad, I will I will I will sell off the only valuable thing that I have, which is my Instagram and Twitter <laughs> handle.
1: Your retirement plan yeah. is your social media handles.
0: Uh anyways, Kenna and I are going to take a classic Hollywood movie and pick five characters from Raising Arizona and recast them as if this movie is to be remade today. But before we do, uh, we have a lot of new uh, reboot news to talk about. Uh, weirdly, it's so weird, like, all this reboot news has started to flood in, but I don't think productions have technically started yet. So uh, we'll see how, this, how any of this actually makes it out of what is currently development hell for everybody. Uh, let's start with this first thing. Stephen Knight to adapt Dickens' Great Expectations in Reteam with BBC, FX, Ridley Scott, and Tom Hardy. If people of this podcast don't know, last Christmas, BBC and FX produced the Stephen Knight adaptation of A Christmas Carol, which we were calling, or at least I was calling, Scary as fuck Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. uh, starring Guy Pierce as Ebenezer Scrooge, which I really enjoyed. I, did you watch
1: any of it? I almost made it through the first episode. Oh. It was very, it was very long. I probably will go back to it this next Christmas season.
2: Instead of one day good, the rest bad, why not have everyone grinning at each other all year and have one day in the year when we are all beasts and we pass each other by? Why not turn it around? Yes, you
3: could call that day a beastliness Scrooge Day, in honor of its inventor.
1: No, yeah. The aesthetic is cool. This is one we've been following closely, too, because I don't know if you remember, but you called this as part of the Charles Dickens extended cinematic universe (laughs) when it was announced that they were going to make A Christmas Carol and possibly other Dickensian works were going to follow that.
0: Yes. I forgot I had said that stuff. But yes, so we're on to Great Expectations. They're kind of coming out with the the hits here. Christmas Carol, Great Expectations. Yeah. I'm sure Oliver Twist will be right behind it. Um I really enjoyed their Christmas Carol adaptation. Um I can't wait for this. The weird thing though is that like they last time they were like, Oh, Tom Hardy's gonna play like a mysterious cameo. And I don't think he's in it at all.
1: Is so he not in it?
0: I I Swore I never saw him once. Huh. So I'm kind of confused as to what his role will be this time, whether it's still just as like a producer or if he will actually show up. Um
1: he knows? is gonna play Miss Havisham.
0: <laughs> oh, and they'll just be like, Why you still wear that dress, Miss Havisham? And he's just like <laughs> oh. we'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, yeah, that's pretty accurate. That's a great Tom Hardy impression. Thank you. Um, I'm here for it. I think this team is great, and clearly, FX is going to ride the Tom Hardy Stephen Knight train until it runs straight off the tracks. So let's just go along with it.
0: Here's the other thing it's like they're probably just reusing sets from like peaky blinders, right? Like it, 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 the production cost. <laughs> Is probably so low that it's just like all we have to do is just like trim some coats and like rearrange the furniture and Mm -hmm. we're done. So I feel like this still kind of like makes itself at this point.
1: Yeah, like there have got to be places in England that are just like a rolling circle of productions just coming in to be like we need gas lamps and... Scary old London streets.
0: I think you're right. Like, I think a lot of England's GDP is just like, let's keep making productions of like Dickens and Shakespeare productions Mm -hmm. forever all the time. And then like the country just gets like a massive cut of all that money. And I'm like, I wish America had something like that. I wish like we just were constantly inundated with adaptations of like Mark Twain's work. Like, we're just getting a Huck Finn every year, we're getting a Tom and (laughs) Huck. Every year. They're like it's like if our Spider Man. I know.
1: But instead it's like we treat like Michael Bay movies like like works of of art.
0: <laughs> yeah, but just imagine <laughs> if like the government got a share of like every Michael Bay Transformers movie. We'd have we would we'd be sick. I for.
1: mean are we sure that they don't?
0: <laughs> if we did, then we would have health care for all. That's all I know.
1: <laughs> That's true. Transformers like seventeen or whatever made so much money.
0: Uh, Okay, so that's a little guy. Let's move on to uh, a bigger fish here, Legally Blonde 3. You want to take it away?
1: Legally Blonde 3, which I think has been previously announced with different writers, is being re-announced as to be written by Mindy Kaling and Dan Gore. They've signed on to write Legally Blonde 3. If you were hoping Reese Witherspoon was coming back, she is. She's going to reprise her role as Elle Woods, producing the movie. These movies are wacky. So apparently this is, they're scrapping whatever that uh, these other two um, girls had been writing. The other two writers have been writing before. And they're just starting a whole new version of the movie. How do we feel about this? I, I the premise of Legally Blonde could potentially go on for years. I feel like there has been a potentially debilitating break between two and three that I'm not sure we can overcome, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'd have to check the tape on what I originally said on this property, but I believe I was pro Legally Blonde franchise, especially since Reese Witherspoon is back. You do make a good point about the timeline. Like, What's the heat on this? Well, Um, I
1: mean, I feel like that's the entire premise of this- godforsaken podcast is that (laughs) is that who who is clamoring for this in such a way that I don't know how many years it's been I mean at least what like 15 yeah like it's been a long time since the last movie came out oh at least 15 because the musical came out in
3: 2007 what you want Warner what you want is me but you need to see me in a brand new domain the corner in a different setting you will see you're getting all of this lots of brain I'll meet you there in Harvard with a book in my hand big sturdy book big wordy book full of words I'll understand and
1: right to what degree are we asking for legally blonde in such a way that it shouldn't I don't know take on a just a new identity like I don't I don't know do we need it?
0: I'll say that there's definitely room for it, whether we need it or not. Legally Blonde has always been a very strong, like feminist comedy, mm-hmm. and I think that that alone means that we do need it. The particular vehicle of this franchise, I don't know, but you know what? What do I know? Uh, let's say, let's say, go for it. It could. Uh,
1: let's. It could sign be the a check. huge moneymaker. Uh. Yeah. But also, here's the thing, too, is now that we've lived in a world where movies aren't coming out in theaters, I feel like more than ever, I'm just like, please don't give me the same old stuff. Like, I yeah. want to go back to, I want to know that we did something with this time. <laughs> you know?
0: I do know. Yeah. All right. Um, and it is with sad news that we're going to close out on a couple of uh, brief... Uh, R.I.P.s for actor Ian Holm and director Joel Schumacher. Uh, at the time of this recording, Ian Holm passed away, I believe, last Friday. And Joel Schumacher passed away earlier this very afternoon. Uh, I saw the news and I put it on our docket here. Um, for fans of this podcast, if people feel like celebrating these these great creators and artists, um, Ken and I did Fifth Element starring Ian Holm. Uh, episode 48 of our old podcast, The Boot, which you could find on this timeline. Uh, Ian Holm starred in such movies as The Lord of the Rings movies, Fifth Alien. Element, Alien, classic, uh, Joel Schumacher, prolific director, director of such movies as The Phantom of the Opera, which we did on episode 51, and Batman and Robin, which we did on episode 67. Also directed um, Batman Forever, and Phone Booth, and... Uh why can't I think of his more famous movies? Just the just the tacky bad ones that we all make <laughs> fun of. Um The Lost Boys, Falling Down, just um someone who has been a part of cinema for the last 40 years. So um to all the fans out there who are gonna miss these wonderful creators, uh really it's really sad, but we'll always have their work. To remember them by. Let's um, pour
1: one out. Anything for else? For Ian Holm and Joel Schumacher. Yes. And by pour one out, I mean a rousing rendition of Kiss from a Rose! Baby, I can you to a kiss from a rose on the ground.
0: Oh, he did St. Almost Fire. Do we have time for St. Elmo? A Elmo's
1: rousing Fire? rendition of Saint <laughs> <Elmo's> Fire. <laughs> boom 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 so inspirational that's how i want to that's how i want to like ascend to heaven yeah i'm I'm not planning on dying i'm planning on ascending (laughs) to heaven i'll know it's my time when i can i'm the only person in the room who could hear saint Ellis fire
0: (laughs) and you're just like (laughs) lifted up (laughs) (laughs) oh do we have time to talk about one more
1: thing it's our podcast
0: Unless it's not on the docket for the next episode, but did you watch the um Bill and Ted trailer?
1: Oh yeah. What did you think? I love Keanu Reeves more than I don't know, at this point my own brother. Sorry to Logan. <laughs> 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 okay. Here's the thing. I think it it I think it's totally unnecessary. But could be very fun. They seem like they're having a lot of fun. And I'm into that.
0: Okay. My first impression is George Carlin is it's a it's glaring that he's not Mm -hmm. here. Unfortunately, you know, it it's like Harold Ramis and Ghostbusters at this point. It's like there's nothing you can do about it. Um other than that, I don't know. It looked it looked weird. It looked like they're really trying to bring it back and, and I don't know. I, I thought it was great. I thought yeah, it was great. Really yeah, I fun.
1: think given how the spirit in which the movie was made, like, you can't deny how much they, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, like, got behind what they were doing. And so I'm yeah. not going to say no thanks to that.
2: we've spent our whole life trying to write the song that will unite the world. Why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? Whoa, take it from ourselves. But isn't that stealing?
0: Is that stealing? If we're stealing it from ourselves, dude. The other weird thing is that, like, in all of these, like, John Wick movies, and then that weird movie where him and Winona Ryder are like having this strange-ass rom-com, in Destination Wedding. Uh, <laughs> yes, the strangest fucking movie I've ever seen. Um, I he's never looked more old than this trailer um, because it's like your your brain is like that's not. How I see Bill and Ted, but then you see them both, and you're like, "Ooh!" Like- you're
1: weirdly right in that like part of you looks at John Wick, and you're like, "Okay, maybe neon lighting is just Keanu Reeves's like best. Maybe that's what this <laughs> is." But no, like I because I did see Destination Wedding. And now that I think about it, I fully watched this movie in a in a uh, a theater where they warned us the air conditioning was broken and we still sat <laughs> in like an 80 degree movie theater and watched this movie. Oh no. Oh but, no. But I watched
0: that at my own house and I was like get me out here's of the thing. here. But I
1: don't I don't think in that and that's much more na- like he's not a larger than life character and so I think you see him more normal, but you're right in that there's something that they both look so old in the villain Ted trailer that otherwise cuz here's the thing, Keanu Reeves is eternal. Like did yeah. they uh, yeah, did they I, do that is. to him?
0: No, see here's the thing, when you say he's eternal, he's not like Paul no. Rudd eternal who is like Dorian Gray, never aging. He is more like he's like a Greek god that gets old over eternity. So he's like he's not going to die. He's just going to like get really old looking and then like sit on a rock and then we'll all take a pilgrimage <laughs> to the rock and ask him questions. You know what I mean? Like um but when he's playing like I can't remember if think he's Ted. Um it's just like it's just weird. Like when he's Theodore Logan, you're like, uh I don't know about I don't know, It looks it looks fucked up. It looks but really it, fucked up. It does up. make like, you
1: wonder what bodes for like the Matrix four. Yes, and even like John Wick four. Like, at what point is this going to become ridiculous?
0: I shudder to think. Well, but here's the thing: it's like with John Wick, we we've seen him as current day Keanu yeah. as John Wick, but we're now talking about characters that were like 20 years old, 30 yeah. years old, like for him. So that's where I feel like this is really like, ooh. um. But anyways, I'm definitely going to watch it. I remember watching the first two like. From like not even blockbuster video rentals, but like local video store rentals. So I'm just gonna buy a, a cheese pizza for myself, like Kevin McAllister, and just like sit in front of my TV and just. Be but also,
1: I'm so glad we're having this since we're trendsetters. Like I'm so glad we're having this conversation about how old men look in their reprised movie roles. Like let's talk about it because some people don't look young anymore and I feel like we talk about we talk about women like this all the time like ooh, she's not looking great and I'm like sure Keanu Reeves is still like a sex symbol approaching I don't know how old is he?
0: I think he's almost mid
1: 50s yeah 100% but like also he looks old
0: uh, he's, 50- he's exactly 55 I knew it I'm spiritually attuned to this man I fucking knew it uh, huh. all right Let's let's start talking about the movie that we've selected this week. Okay. Uh, you ready to talk about Raising Arizona? Yeah, let's do it. Guys, this is our reboot of Raising Arizona.
3: Then there's the diphtheria tetanus, what they call the dip-tet. You gotta get them dip-tet boosters yearly or else we will develop lockjaw and that vision. Then there's the smallpox vaccine, chicken pox, and measles. And if your kid's anything like ours, you're gonna have to get all those shots yourself first before he'll ever take them. <laughs> Who's your pediatrician anyway? We ain't exactly fixed on one yet, have we, hi? Huh? No, I guess we don't have one yet. Jesus, what? Well, you gotta have one! You gotta have one this instant! Yeah, well, what if the baby gets sick, honey? Even if he don't get sick, he's gotta have his dip-tat. He's gotta have his dip-tat, honey. He started his bank accounts yet? Have we done that, honey? We gotta do that, honey. What's that for, Dot? That there's for his orthodonture and his university. Now, you soak his thumb in iodine, you might get by without the orthodonture and won't knock a thing off the university. <laughs> I mean, right! You take that diaper off your head, you put it back onto your sister! Anyway, you probably got the life insurance all squared away. Have we done that yet, honey? Gotta do that, hi. Huh? Ed here's got our hands full of this little angel. Yes, ma'am. What would Ed and Little Angel do if truck came along, splattered your brains all over the interstate? Where would you be then? Yeah, honey. What if you get run over? Or you got carried off by a Twister?
0: <laughs> uh, no joke. Within five minutes of this movie, I was like, I, oh, we, like you see Holly Hunter she's taking High's uh, the uh-huh. mugshot and you were kind of going through this montage of Nicolas Cage's character introducing us to this movie and I'm just like man how did Holly Hunter beat out Frances McDermott for this role and then, there like, she is 20 minutes later oh, I was so relieved I was like there's no way this world would let Frances McDermott not be in this movie especially since she's Joel's wife
1: so she uh, married to one of them that's a good question. Maybe was?
0: I think that she is currently married to Joel Cohen since 1984. Holy shit. Oh, wow. And this movie came out in 1987. So, I don't know. I I I don't I don't know why it's not, no I'm not taking credit cuz it's so easy to have guessed that she would be in yeah. any of their movies, but uh, I was just really relieved that you found it. She's so good.
1: I I love I love the like assuredness with which everyone in this movie speaks because you almost can't even hear how insane it sounds like at one point she tells her they're going to develop lockjaw and night vision
0: (laughs) it's one of my favorite pieces of trivia because they do speak very Mm -hmm. strange and in the trivia it says that like they researched the things that these characters would have read like local newspapers and magazines and the Mm -hmm. bible so there's all this like jumble of like it's like a very distinct way that they communicate that's not that's so elevated from reality. But it pops and yeah. it like, moves and the humor just kind of it's nonstop. It's just like if you're not paying attention, you will just miss Because
1: there's everything. something about like there was a point when I was casting where I was like the part of it, the joy of the movie is that they're like celebrating the idea of white trash and showing the plain ingenuity of these people that I think is really kind of beautiful because it's not a complete indictment of like dumb Hicks. It's about people's basest instincts in uh, exceptional circumstances. Like that. I think there's something really more profound than maybe even on the surface of this film. I got to tell you, I'm a little scared, hi. Huh?
2: How come is that, honey?
3: Well, we got a baby high. It's an awful big
2: responsibility. Honey, uh, could you slide over a tad and raise the nipper up?
3: I mean, we never done this before, and I'm kind
2: of nervous. You're doing real good, sugar.
3: I love you, hi.
2: We're set to pop here, honey.
3: Now, you going to help, aren't you? How's that, honey? Contribute to the management of the child just quiet evenings at home together
2: you can count on it honey
3: everything decent and normal from here on out
2: we're set to pop here honey raising
0: arizona came out in 1987 directed by joel and ethan cohen directors of such movies as the big lebowski fargo and pretty much every great movie since 1997 i'm pretty sure that they've had like a best picture nom for the last like 20 years give or take a few misses here and there. It stars an incredible cast of people that we're going to do today. We're going to do Nicholas Cage as H.I., hi, McDonough, Holly Hunter as Ed, Um, and then you and I are going to split John Goodman as Gale, William Forsythe as Evel, Sam McMurray as Glenn, Francis McDermott as Dot, Trey Wilson as Nathan Arizona Sr., and Randall Tex Cobb as Leonard Smalls. It was hard to narrow it down, so we figured we'd do the first two and then we'd talk a little bit about the other people as briefly as possible. But uh it, it's one of those movies where every character is so important that you're like, we have to. And get I'm
1: all excited of these to people. see because when we were sort of spelling it out, all of these people come in pairs. There's Galen Evel, the two brothers, Glenn and Dot, the married couple, and then in a way. Nathan Arizona and Leonard Smalls are sort of uh uh opposed accomplices so yeah So I think it's going to be interesting to see how when we put our cast together what that looks like.
0: I'm also a little nervous as to who I cast for the two main leads but we'll we'll talk about it. Um who wants to go first? Do you want to go first since this is a
1: your yeah, pick I'll go of a film? first. Um okay. I'm going to have to eat some words of mine I think. In order to say who I cast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy, does this have anything to do with possibly last? Week's no, episode? I
1: swear on okay. everything that is holy, I will never that name will never cross my lips again on this podcast. All right. Um. Okay. <laughs> no. Um. But I. Okay, so we said we would talk about this off the top. Nicholas Cage was 23 years old when this movie came out. Which honestly, he is making choices of a much more confident seasoned actor in this movie. Like absolutely genius comedic choices. And it it just makes me sad in a way, because I miss this man. I miss I miss the Nicolas Cage of of this era. I think it's really, really beautiful what he is. Even in the first, like, 11... There's an 11-minute opening sequence to this movie before the titles even roll. And it's just him narrating all the backstory you need to know before we reach the point where they decide to steal a baby.
2: The Arizona Quince was born. By Arizona Quince, I mean they was born to a woman named Florence, Arizona. But we thought it was unfair that some should have so many while others should have so few.
1: For the children who don't know, who don't know that Nicolas Cage was once so great, please, please go back (laughs) and, and please go back. You have to know. Um, This,
0: this movie, you watch this movie and you're like, I see why he's a star. Like you and I have watched him in like Face Off, which we did a while back, or like Con Air, which we did a while back, or The Rock, which we did a while back. all we've seen him in all these action movies, and we've seen him in like these, these like prestige movies, like adaptation. Like we've seen this man's ability. But you watch this movie and you realize that this guy is a yeah. star. Like he is a star. And yes, he makes bad movies. Like he made Vampire's Kiss, which is <laughs> for some reason his favorite movie he's ever made. But he is absolutely so compelling as high. That you you it it and he does this with every project. He does this with every character, which is why it's so hard to try and recast a Nicolas Cage yeah. performance because he's doing so many different things that I feel like a lot of actors today don't either don't have the the confidence to do or the time. Like I he brings so much to in like the Cohen brothers even famously were like, he brought too much. Like we constantly had to tell him to stop doing yeah. stuff because We were just going to cut it because we had such a singular vision, but they were like, we would much rather work with someone like that who is constantly coming up with things than an actor who has nothing.
1: So I don't know if this ever happens to you when you're trying to recast something, but I kept getting like one moment of the movie like stuck in my craw as I was considering actors. Like there would be moments where I'm like, well, maybe they could do this, but maybe it wouldn't, they wouldn't quite have the same effect as this. And I feel like it's the moment that really stuck with me is the moment where, um, it's like when they, when they bring Nathan Jr. home and he's just like standing and like looking at Ed and the kid together. And he's like, What? Are you kidding? We got us a family here. Ah! There's something so endearing and hilarious about his energy that I was like, I really think there's one person and I'm going to say his name and then I'm going to defend my past words about this man. But I think this, I think he could do a great job. I picked Nicholas Holt. So here's the thing. So here's the thing. In a a recent episode, I think I said that I, I wish... I wish that he wouldn't. That Nicholas Holt, as an actor, wouldn't get kind of stuck in the in the specific rut. It seems like maybe we found him currently in, in which, like, you know how like Keira Knightley is always cast in like period pieces. And if you know that there's going to be a movie about this woman after the Holocaust falling in love with like a man, and like like Keira (laughs) Knightley, it's going to be Keira Knightley, like.
0: She gets first look at every Jane Austen (laughs) remake. Like she's just like
1: And on I think she's a I think she's a good actress, and I think she's a better actress than just like, oh well, this is what she does. And I think Nicholas Holt maybe falls into that same category where like he was hilarious in the favorite and he's really good in the great, but I don't think that is the full extent of what he can do. And I would love to see him, especially because he's really been showcasing his comedy chops of recent i think something like this would be a bold choice for him and i would be excited to see it
0: i would say if i wasn't watching the great which everyone should be watching i would think you had lost your fucking mind like i <laughs> like i i would have been like i would have absolutely <laughs> been like no having watched the great I get it. I totally get it. And I'm, I'm just, I'm very taken aback that this is where mm-hmm. you put him, but he, he is so good in the I'm great. just
1: trying to put my money is, where my mouth is because I did say, true. hey, I would love to see him do things. And then if I went and cast him a few episodes later in some, you know, Casablanca, which is an upcoming episode, like if I had done that. I think we would have been like, well, yes, of course, this is who he is. This is yeah. a game changer.
0: This is more like him in Mad Max.
1: Yes. Which we love.
0: Yeah. My pick, probably less controversial, but um, we'll see. I went with Shia LaBeouf.
1: I don't think that's controversial at all. I think that is a I think that is a solid choice.
0: I don't think this should be a shocking pick, especially given his recent work. Like, did you see yes. Honey Boy?
1: He was amazing mm. in
0: that. And like uh, not that I think that these two actors are analogous as performers, mm-hmm. but I think my I think that Shia LaBeouf has the energy and dedication to give the options that you want that the, that that Cage gave. Like he won't do the same things, but he will come to the new director of this and be like, "I have thirty ideas for who yeah. this person is," and they'll have to be like, "All right, pick three. And let's go with that.
2: And you want to know another thing? I'm going to be a better person from here on out. That's final. That's absolutely the way it's going to be. That's official. You were right. I was wrong. A blind man could tell you that. Now they ain't going to hurt him, honey. They're just in it for the score. But I ain't like that no more. I'm a changed man. You were right. I was wrong. We got a family here. I'm going to start acting responsibly. So let's go, honey. Let's go get Nathan Jr. And
0: he's he's certainly not as young as Nicolas Cage was at this time. I don't know. See, that's a weird thing about like doing some of these movies when you realize that people were like twenty two, yeah. twenty three, twenty four, and being like, our stars are not that old now. Like our stars are like forty eight, forty nine, fifty. Like weirdly, like we've just sort of aged with these stars, and as younger people come in, we're like, okay, well, wait until you're a little older to. P- it's almost like we're we're aging our Casts up just slightly. Mm-hmm. Like in the '90s, it was like, "Oh, let's have 20 year olds play teenagers." Now, where it's like, well, let's have 30 year olds play teenagers." <laughs> and so now, anytime a teenager plays a teenager, <laughs> we're like, "No, Ugh. we
1: don't like it." Yeah, I don't want to. F- I don't want have sex with that. <laughs> like, get out of here. Thankfully, um, thankfully, we don't want to have sex with yes. that.
0: I th- it, weirdly at this at these points in time, Shia LaBeouf and Nicolas Cage get the same mm-hmm. bad rap. Like they've made just as many bad movies as they've made great movies and given just as many bad performances as great performances so he's someone that I'm just like I'm not scared if he does that he might scare (laughs) me later on with with what he does but this he he could do this and this is also like weirdly like a return to comedy for him in a Mm -hmm. weird bit which he hasn't done much of since I don't know even Stevens which I'm sure he never wants to do that again but
1: I I, I think you're right in that it Right. Especially now. Like, I don't know. Are there Zoomers who who only know Shia LaBeouf from maybe like later Transformers movies and are like, I don't know. He's like that weird guy who now does like super serious self-reflective pieces. Like, no, go back. Watch a few episodes of even Stevens. Like the kid was born with comedy chops. I think it's there. Yeah,
0: and then watch Honey Boy and realize, oh, this guy is way more talented than we gave yeah. him credit for. Uh, okay, great. Done. Um, done. Let's move on to Ed McDonough played by Holly Hunter. I am way more scared <laughs> of my pick okay. for this than I was my previous pick. Um, very. Uh, I don't know why I picked this okay.
1: actress. <laughs> hmm.
0: But she was my first and only choice. Like, I didn't even look at other people. I was just like, yeah. And I wonder if I picked her just so we could talk about her and whether we still like her or not.
1: Oh, still.
0: I picked Emma Stone.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: So, Emma Stone won an Oscar for fucking La La Land, which... Yes. ...was awful. I mean, it wasn't awful, but come on.
1: Wait, like her performance or the movie?
0: I mean, both? Like, I don't even remember her performance. Like, she does the audition scene, and I'm like, couldn't, like, any... Couldn't, like, Jennifer Lawrence have done this, too? Like, this is the kind of... I want her to be in a Coen Brothers movie. Like, I want her to play a strange and weird, fully formed character,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and not some delicate jazz pianist's girlfriend. Like...
1: Because in a way, you could have seen her in, like... The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, yes. as like Zoe Kazan's character, yes. like that could have, easily could have been yeah. her. I think, I th- I don't think that's where we think she's at, but I don't know why. I don't know because I think I think that'd be great for her.
0: Great. All right. Enough of Emma Stone.
1: Um. So I I went a slightly different direction, and I picked because I think the joy of Ed is that Holly Hunter is a is a lot of person packed in a very small package she looks she looks meek but she's like she has a way of 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 expanding herself that I think is really hilarious and unexpected like when she when she leaves high in the convenience store as he's robbing it like like that's that's a very particular kind of actress I think to be the person who who is crying because she loves the baby so much one minute and then fully prepared to abandon her husband the next
3: we are doing the right thing aren't we hi i mean they had more than they could handle well now honey we've been over this and over this but don't you think his mom will be upset i mean
2: overly well of course she'll be upset sugar but she'll get over it she's got four little babies almost as good as this one
3: <laughs> i love him so much <laughs> I know you do, honey.
1: I love him so much. <laughs> um, so I took a little bit of a risk here, maybe. But I think this actress is great. I picked Julia Garner of Ozark, of The Americans, of The Assistant, of that one weird episode of Modern Love.
0: This actress has popped up on so many lists as I've like been cruising through trying to find new mm-hmm. talent. I have yet to see her in anything. And I I feel like I've seen <laughs> m- not most of the Americans, but some of the Americans.
1: She's interspersed in a way that like I think the th- I think sh- I think Julia Garner gets cast in interesting parts because she does seem very young and very and very uh meek. But I think she has a unique ability to surprise people with um with her her characterizations that are yeah a lot of fun to watch like there's things that come out of her mouth in Ozark that you wouldn't expect from this like very small curly-headed blonde girl and you buy it because there's just a tenacity there and I think it would be really fun to see especially because like something I love the visual too of like how tall Nicolas Cage is like comparatively like the the visual of their family is so hilarious Um, especially because of how, like, how much he sort of shrivels when she, uh, when she does take up a little more space. Um, and I think that, I think this pairing would be a lot of fun to watch. She
0: weirdly has, like, Holly Hunter-ness. Like, you just look, I, having not seen her perform at all, but she did win in primetime Emmy, guys, so that's oh, yeah, enough yeah, for yeah. me um <laughs> but yeah she's like she has this like little kind of petite but like you can tell that she's like she can be wild she can be tough she can be strong she can be i don't yeah. know but she has like it's weird like looking at her and thinking of this character it makes total sense so i don't think that's a stretch although i can't say i've never seen this person act before like what's wrong with me do i have to watch ozark why does that want to
1: keep watching The Americans? You'll get there.
0: Okay, uh, I got so much to watch, and now Cobra Kai is coming back on Netflix. I really don't know if I have the time. Brian, Brian, it just came out today. <laughs> you know how hap- I've been waiting for this for months. Let's just move on. Great pick. Moving on. Uh, Gale, played by John Goodman. Okay, so this is where we're splitting up. I wish we had. We I what are the? Did they have a last name?
1: I I want to say it's one of those things where they aren't credited, but at some point they say their name. Their last name? I don't know.
0: Uh, Gail, played by John Goodman. It's very similar to recasting Nicolas Cage. John Goodman is no mm-hmm. easy task. Like it's crazy to think how much John Goodman has just been our lives as a performer. Yeah. Like my whole life, he has been on TV or film. Yeah. Also, I picked an actor previously, and then I I was like, I think she, I think Kenna might pick this very same actor for Evil. Okay. So I was like, "All right, I'm going to try and find another actor for Gale, which is I think is a very good choice. But in case I don't know, we'll just get it."
1: Okay. One. Okay. Okay.
0: All right. So I wanted to pick someone that has that people know, who has a level of talent that Goodman has, but maybe, maybe his best things are yet to come, and he's mm-hmm. also funny. So I ended up picking, uh, Jesse Plemons, from.
1: Oh, the- love Jesse Plemons. The
0: Irishman. Game Night, Friday Night Lights, Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad, El Camino. I don't know if he's in Better Call Saul. Mister. Kirsten Dunst, like he, <laughs> uh, he's the kind of he's the kind of actor that just like weirdly he's like one of the very few actors that got out of Friday Night Lights. It's like him and Michael B. Jordan mm-hmm. are just like yeah, we're the guys now. Yeah. Um.
1: So not like not like the stars of the show. Like, right. like there were other actors on Friday Night Lights like, that like to have it. Have am, it I gonna made, like up, tried, am I going to bring tried up? Am I going to bring him up? tried to make it.
0: Am I going to bring they up th- my boy?
1: <laughs> what if I what if I just left the Zoom call? <laughs> um, I wouldn't
0: blame you. Um, that's who I picked because I think it, it's like Gail and Evel play, you know, not to the same extent as Leonard Smalls, the bounty hunter, but they play the antagonist like they play the fox in the hen house kind of, you know, you're always at unease for the baby and the family when they're around. Mm-hmm. They, they're they the they're the monkey wrenches in the gears kind of thing. And I, and I always think Jesse Plemons plays that really well.
2: But there's a picture of high. huh? Though the locals call it the Farmers and Mechanics Bank of LaGrange. Looks like a hayseed bank. I tell you the truth, it is a hayseed bank. Except for the last Friday of every financial quarter, there's more cash in that bank than there are flies at a barbecue. And guess what day it is tomorrow? When all the hayseeds come in and cash their farm subsidies checks. A1 information, huh? Got it in the joint from a guy named Lawrence Spivey, one of Dick Nixon's undersecretary of agriculture.
0: That's who I picked. I really don't have any other things to say.
1: Yeah, Jesse Clemens is like, is like good, good. He is quiet, good. Like, he made. I think you're right in that maybe his best is yet to come because. He has so much potential that I don't think we're tapping into. But he is... Weirdly, I think he has that exact John Goodman quality of... If if you needed him to be a serious actor, you got it. But if you need him to do something kind of weird, <laughs> also you got it. Yeah. Um, okay, so knowing that, I cast his brother, Evel... Um and the person I went through a few weird choices for this and ultimately landed on someone who I th- think, um, I think would be a lot of fun to watch because I think he's a good actor. But I think it's he's kind of someone where like, if we if he had a if we saw more of him and if we were able to see him cut loose, I think we'd get some interesting stuff. I picked Paul Walter Hauser. Dude. <laughs>
0: What? That was the guy who I was going to <laughs> pick for Gale. And I was what? like Ken is going to pick him for Evel. What? For no fucking joke. What? For real. How? 100% How? cross my heart hope to die. Like I was like, "Oh, Paul Walter Hauser is should be Gale." And I was like, "Something in me is saying Ken is going to pick him for Evel cuz he is kind of more an Evel. Like Evel's kind of the 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 follower, he's, you know.
1: Yeah, he he's not the brains of the he's operation. He's the
0: younger brother who just kind of does what Gale says.
1: And I I like that's so weird. I
0: <laughs> like
1: how is that possible? I
0: I don't know. Like maybe we're maybe we're hitting a stride towards 100 that we're finally like, ah, <laughs> yes. But yeah, total.
1: we should we should do an episode one time where we try to cast who we think the oh, other is Oh, be impossible.
0: <laughs> I also remember. I, I remember. I don't know. It would be almost impossible. Well, I would. I'm down for it. We should try it.
1: But you know what's really weird is that my second choice for Evel was Aaron Paul.
0: Ooh, that's that's creepy. That's weird. <laughs> okay, I think that's perfect casting because that makes total sense to me. Yeah. Um. Book it. All right, Glenn and Dot. Who I thought at first, like, I thought Dot was Ed's sister. And then re-watching it, I was like, oh, no, uh, Glenn is High's boss.
1: boss. They're just, like, yeah. work
0: friends. Okay, now we're really into character actor territory, which I don't know if I'm the best at. But I wanted to give it to an actor who would probably give it a similar broad performance as the original Glenn, played by Sam McMurray. Um... Like you said, like I just got one scene stuck in my head and I just picked this actor, like the scene where Glenn tells High that he and Dot are swingers and that yes. they can wife swap and High just goes full like Uma Thurman the bride, like red siren, like don't touch my wife
2: kind of moment. Yeah. What am I talking about? I'm talking about sex, boy. What the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about Lamore. I'm talking to me and daughter swingers, as in to swing. I'm talking about wife swapping. I'm talking about what they call nowadays open marriage. I'm talking about... Keep your goddamn hands off my wife.
0: I don't know. I just saw Beck Bennett from SNL. Just like the creepy, like creepy friend at work yeah. who's who like one minute is like just kind of You know, he has all his shitty kids and the kid's writing fart on the wall and he's just like (laughs) he's just drinking his little like natty light and then the next minute he's trying to convince you to like sleep with his wife. Um so that's who I picked.
1: I think that's really I think that's really good because have you seen um have you seen Shrill, A. D. Bryant's show on Hulu? Uh
0: I have not. I know what you're talking about.
1: There he plays a character who like she she's getting trolled by someone on all of her articles, someone who's like uh, who is like body shaming her and saying all of these like nasty things to her. And so she finds a way to figure out where this person lives and she goes to find him and it's Beck Bennett. <laughs> and I think. There's something so, like, there's something about him that works in a way that, like, at first, like, he comes off as, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I just didn't realize. And then when she's like, no, I get to be mad at you. He's like, you're a bitch, like, immediately. And so I, I, I see this happening. Like, I see him being the good time guy who immediately turns into, like, a weirdo <laughs> the second he can get his chance I also think it's interesting that you cast someone from SNL because I did the same what? thing.
0: This is weird.
1: Um mostly because again, like earlier we heard the clip of Dot explaining um all of the things that it takes to, to set up a life for a child and and um Ed is wringing her hands and High can't even blink. He's <sighs> so overwhelmed. And I saw, I think, in that moment, Cecily Strong, like, absolutely overwhelming a small Julia Garner with all of this useless information about, about children that really entertained me. And so that's who I went with. What's his name? Uh, hi,
3: Junior, till we think of a better one well why don't you call him jason i just love biblical names if i had another little boy i would name him jason caleb or tab oh he's an angel he's an angel straight from heaven No, honey i had all my kids a hard way you just got to tell me how you got this little angel what do you do just fly straight down from heaven well you're gonna send him to arizona state
0: that's so funny this is weird okay totally a hundred percent yes green light that's so weird all right, anyways. um should we move on i mean
1: yeah i mean we we have to keep going we can't we can't stop. I feel like now we're under some like unholy pact <laughs> like there will there will come a time where we pick all of the same people and like something will rise out of the <laughs> earth and be like and swallow us up, like we have to keep going
0: all right uh Nathan Arizona senior played by trey wilson uh an incredible character actor who unfortunately like passed away very shortly after this movie came out. I think he he died two years after this movie, or a year after this movie came out. Um, but was still tremendous in all of the moments that he had. This is another character actor pick, which I'm, not, I'm never so sure if I'm good at them or not. Because it's like, mm-hmm. these are the actors that you pick from like, it's just like, these are people who always are like, oh yeah, you gotta pick X actor or Y actor or Z actor like they, like they're just so good and like I see them I saw them in this play I saw them in like To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway and like, like they're so yeah. good and I and then they show up and you just like you don't see them for their talent. Um that's who Trey Wilson was basically. Um but I wanted someone who could play both the public and private personas of Nathan Arizona. Publicly mm-hmm. he's a TV commercial shyster but privately he can be kind of ruthless being the one to send smalls to go out and find the baby and kill anyone who has the baby Mm -hmm. but there is that sympathetic moment at the end when ed and high return the baby spoiler and he he completely absolves them of the crime of wanting to start Mm a you know family in this way
2: can't have kids just gotta keep trying and hope medical science catches up with you like Florence and me, caught up with a vengeance. Then, hell, even if it never does for you, you, still got each other.
0: And it was just weird that the actor I picked is already named Nathan. I picked Nathan Fillion from. Uh, oh, that's good. The Rookie and uh, Firefly, and uh, you know,
1: most well known from uh,
0: what else? The is Rookie, there? not not Bones. <laughs> Was he in?
1: Um, crap, what's that it's show, show Castle. Castle. Castle.
0: And um, he's going to be in the next Suicide Squad, I guess, because he's friends with James Gunn. He was in uh, Crawl. Not Crawl. What's the James Gunn movie with the, the like, worms?
1: Oh. Squish?
0: Slither? Slither. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think that's really solid, because I think you're right. There is something to the duality of... The way he, t- even in the middle of a press conference about his missing child, he is selling unpainted furniture. <laughs> um, but when you get him into the scene where they're taking his fingerprints, and he's like, "I, I didn't like you." You believe every, as weird as it is, and as much of a sh- as shyster as I think we're supposed to think he is, you still believe it because in the end, he's able to be like, "I get it." Yeah. I I get I get why you did what you did, and I'm glad you brought the kid back. But don't give don't give up, (laughs) kidnappers. Um, Yeah, I think that's really interesting as a choice. Um, I don't think actually there is something strange to uh, my pick for Leonard Smalls. You pick
0: Alan Tudyk. (laughs)
1: no but that would have been wild um
0: the lady from castle
1: (laughs) no i i don't even i don't know there was a woman in cast i don't i don't know um i picked for my leonard small's shia labeouf
0: oh weird yeah i get it yeah totally
1: um, Because I think within the character, yes, obviously there's something about Shia LaBeouf that screams out for this. But I think what's unique about him, what's unique about the character is that he is also in a way part of the comedy of it all. And so there has to be someone doing this who is not entirely taking themselves seriously.
2: Now, of course, I do hunt babies on occasion. Here you got one you can't put your hand to, Mister. I got the cops, state troopers, federal B.I. already looking for my boy. Now, if you got information, that's cops wrong. won't find your boy. A cop couldn't find his butt if he had a bell on it. You want to find an outlaw? You call an outlaw. You want to find a Dunkin' Donuts? Call a cop.
1: But here's the thing: I could see, I could see him as high too. So it-
0: You know what I think? Let's have Shia play both roles, and then they they can fight each other, and you know, with a they'll fight a double, and then he'll put on crazy makeup to play small, smalls. I'm into this, Um, and it'll be it'll be more symbolic because Smalls is really like
1: he's the reckoning that High sort of once brought on himself. He's like the
0: vision that that High imagines, like the, the sort of like. The dreams that High has like seems to come from a place of like divinity, and so mm-hmm. so Smalls is a character that seems to step out from that that like world, almost in like a weird Stephen Kingish kind of way. But yeah. um okay, yeah, totally. Uh, sh- well, I think that's all one, two, eight characters that's it. that we had going today. Uh, shall we get to old B Peps?
1: Absolutely.
0: Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? Weirdly, in a movie filled with crazy, crazy characters, Mm -hmm. after this, these eight, they kind of fall off into like just bit part, like territory. Yes. Um, where did you put Mr. Pepper?
1: I made him what the credits call the machine shop earbender as played by M. Emmett Walsh.
0: Okay. I made him the parole chair.
1: Oh, that's a good one.
0: I figured I was it was between that or the prison psychologist. I felt that like he should be in there early, he should be in there mm-hmm. often, and then just he's just kinda gone. Yeah. Um Do you have any other notes on this movie?
1: I think the way this movie ends is really perfect. And it's just it's just good all the way around. Like I when I when I texted you and was like, "Hey, we should do this movie." I was watching it and my roommate was watching it for the first time. And it was one of those things where I was like I don't I don't know how I don't know how people take this movie, but I think it's I think it's kind of perfect for what it is and there are things about it that are eternally funny to me like Nicolas Cage's face as he's saying that like he's growing unhappy with his life and he starts driving by convenience stores that aren't on the way home like that is funny (laughs) that's really funny him telling his wife that it's not considered armed robbery because the gun wasn't loaded like that's funny
0: uh, I didn't know this but Barry Sonnefeld director of MIB and uh, Pushing daisies he's executive uh, he was the DP and after oh, learning yeah. that it makes sense why this movie has such a cartoonish tone that a lot of other mm-hmm. Cohen brother movies don't necessarily have but like I didn't know I didn't know that he was such an early collaborator with them but it, it's weird that like it feels like in some way his style has informed other movies of theirs but like this movie in particular has such a like an elasticness, like in in, mm-hmm. in its world, like you you almost feel like you could be watching like a Warner Brothers cartoon. Like Roger Rabbit yeah. could step out at any moment and it would be completely fine. It, it's it's really strange that it exists on this one level and then on this other level is completely dramatic. Mm-hmm and scary and um relatable and foreign at the same time and and it again it just makes me want to watch like every coen brothers movie because they are complete masters of storytelling and uh just sound like a film school asshole but um
1: You haven't seen The Big Lebowski? Like, what? Have seen Barton
0: Fink? I actually haven't seen Barton Fink. That's one of the ones I've missed. I
1: actually haven't seen The Big Lebowski. Really? And you know what? I don't think I would like it. And I'm okay with that. I
0: don't know. I think you actually would like it very much.
1: Don't tell me what I would like.
0: <laughs> First of all, it's got Philip Seymour Hoffman, RIP. Y- him alone is worth watching it. But, I mean, Jeff Bridges is like, it's a classic. Uh, yeah, it's very good
1: if i want my philip seymour hoffman i'll go where i know i'm gonna love to get it and i'll just rewatch twister you know what i'm saying that was on uh
0: well we were in big bear's uh, dana put on i think it says netflix have it on yeah i think netflix has i think
1: it up. is on netflix it's a classic
0: would you remake this movie
1: absolutely not
0: that's exactly what i wrote down i literally wrote absolutely not no no, no like no. why bother
1: no don't don't try don't try to do that yeah just re rewatch this immortalize it in your mind for what it is i think that's okay
0: guys sometimes movies are so untouchable that they just can't be you know they can't be remade so join us next week as we try to discuss an untouchable movie no joke <laughs> Um, but that's it for us this week thank you so much for joining us on Rebooted if you like this episode please check out our other episodes please tell your friends and your enemies your family tell strangers tell people love mailman. movies from a safe distance tell with a mask please don't tell give up UPS, the mask
1: don't tell FedEx they don't deserve it
0: <laughs> um, kind of where can the people find us
1: You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That's the best way to help us out. You can also find us now on Ko-fi, where you can go to make a very small donation to help us keep making this fine podcast. That link is in our description and all over Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us on social media at RebootedPod everywhere. Look us up, except on like LinkedIn. Who's using LinkedIn? But like Twitter and Instagram. Should we start a TikTok?
0: Oh, yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) Also, I give you 100% control of TikTok because I just have no idea how to fucking use it. They oh, no. It.
1: We'll, we'll learn a TikTok dance together.
0: Oh, now, no. <laughs> Thanks, guys.
1: <laughs> Join us next week where we just talk about TikTok. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.
2: That's why they call it a Way Homer. Why's that? Because you only get it on the
0: way home.